0: dedicated to baking. I'm Amanda in Los Angeles.
1: And I'm Jeremiah in Sacramento.
0: Amanda, we need to start recording.
1: You guys, she has to take some cakes out of the oven, so it's just us. And I have the pleasure of introducing our next guest. It's none other than the Savour blog winner of 2018. He won the Reader's Choice Best Baking and Sweets blog. He won the Editor's Choice Best Baking and Sweets blog. And he won the blog of the year. It's Majed Ali, the cinnamon. Majed, as you'll hear, started as a self taught baker. He's very passionate about food photography and styling, and his blog is an absolute dream. I I feel like this has been a long time coming because at some point you discovered us and then you binged us and then we just both developed a friendship with you. And I'm just so excited that we get to finally talk to you with our
2: listeners. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that too.
0: Well, we have so much we want to ask you. So let's dive right in. I feel like the most natural place to start is when did you start baking?
2: Oh, Wow. Um, so I would say like maybe 10 years ago and I have to change the number every time on my bio, on my blog, because, you know, um, I think I should remove the, the number because, you know, I have to do an anniversary and, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So I would say 10 years ago, and. Um, I had no idea about what is banana bread because you know um, one passenger gave me a banana a slice of a banana bread and, and I told him is that a banana cake? He said no, it's a banana bread. I mean, what, what is banana bread? So I had a slice, uh, I had a bite, sorry, and it was wow and literally blow my mind. So I went back home and I started searching and looking for for the banana bread thing. And, um, I discovered it. And then I started, you know, collecting the ingredients and reading a lot of recipes. And then I made the banana bread. And the banana bread was the door for entering the baking world, which is I really, really adore.
1: What was that first banana bread like, the the recipe that you made? Do you remember?
2: The first recipe, um... The first recipe, I think it was by... Um, I really don't remember because, you know, I baked a lot of banana breads. And uh, I think it was Martha Stewart's. Not really sure. The flavor of bananas, it's so, so, so strong. And it was with cinnamon and with walnuts. But uh, I really can't remember. I mean, I, I, did, I, I actually baked a lot of banana bread, so...
0: Now that you've made so many, do you have one banana bread recipe that rises to the top, a favorite?
2: Oh, yes, it is um, Jada's banana bread. Uh, Jada is a lady I met uh, when I was in Houston, and, um, and she showed me how to do banana bread in her way. So she opened the fridge, and she took, like, a box filled with Overwrite bananas. I'm like, whoa, what are you going to do with that? She said, I'm going to make a banana (laughs) bread. I'm like, okay, so you're going to make a banana bread, then let's see how it's going to turn out. And she made the best banana bread ever. It was with toasted coconuts, with the blueberries, and with the brown sugar crops on top. I mean, it it tastes like, I, I really can't describe it, but it was really, really comforting. So, it sounds amazing.
0: Just like banana bread should be, right? It has to be comforting.
2: I know it's. I I really can't think of any other banana breads. I mean, every time when I see um a, like a bananas in living room or in the kitchen, and um, my mom used to throw away um, the almost overripe bananas, so I take them and just like hide them in my closet to make a banana bread out of them. <laughs> um. <laughs> And yeah, so this is the best banana bread ever.
1: The blueberries totally surprised me. I would never think to put blueberries, but I bet that hint of acidity is really nice.
2: Yeah, it it cuts the sweetness of the banana bread and also the coconuts. It's really really aromatic. It gives like, I think I believe coconut. It's really good with vanilla because it gives you like this vanilla hint in baking goods my opinion. So, um, so yeah, coconut cake is my favorite, even coconut, coconut bread.
1: Ooh, coconut bread. I don't think I've, I've had that. Have you, Amanda?
2: No, it sounds good, though. So the best thing, the best thing when when you're going to make a, a coconut cake, you should roast it first. Roast the um, coconut flakes. And then when it's a brown, just bake with it. You're going to have the ultimate flavor of coconut. It's completely different,
1: you and I have talked about that before, like to toast or not to toast,
0: yeah, I feel like we've t- we've had this discussion yeah, too yeah. we're big fans of toasting as well yeah uh whenever when
2: I, yeah whenever I go to the market and uh, I go shopping for nuts, I toast them first, and then I store them, because for me, if you're gonna bake with nuts or you're gonna use nuts then the best way to bring out the flavor is to toast nuts. Even if you're going to use almond flour, try to toast, um, try toasting almond flour before baking with it a little bit. So you're going to have the best flavor. So um, that's my way of um, using nuts.
0: Now we had a listener question about what, what is the first dish he made? This was from Miriam underscore the baker, but I think you just answered that for us, right? So it was banana bread that started it all off.
2: I thought she said a dish, not a, oh, is it like supposed to be a savory a dish or I don't know. It doesn't like a bacon goods. Oh,
0: I don't know. She did say dish. So do you have a great savory answer for us? Boiled eggs.
2: Kidding.
1: <laughs> Come on, Ned. Come on. Come on. We need a bit more romance I, I, than
2: that. I did, I did a peanut butter shrimp pasta. Ooh. And also it's from Martha Stewart, uh, dot com.
1: Sounds very African with the peanut.
2: I'm a big fan of peanuts. I'm a big fan of peanuts. It's so, so good. And especially with bananas. Banana bread, peanut butter. Yep, okay. We're back to the bananas again.
1: <laughs> I feel like the banana is going to show up a lot in this interview.
2: <laughs> I know, yeah. We should make a competition, like how many times did I put our banana bread or banana, or
1: a drinking game that could be. I'm always yeah. good for <laughs> a drinking a
2: banana game. again. Drink. <laughs> I, I actually love to um, to drink banana milkshake in the morning. Like, oh, yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> added a couple of <laughs> teaspoons of coffee with milk and banana and that's it that That sounds sounds really good good. yeah
1: yeah i think for any protein shake a banana really makes it good if you have to go without it's just it's a struggle but anyway reading your blog is an is a wonderful experience and your family is such an important part of your writing and we want to know how do they influence your baking
2: oh well um Nostalgia. So every dish I had um, when I was a little kid until today, I feel I'm I'm really, really attached to my family, and especially my mom. So whenever I go to my grandmother's house and have a slice of that and have a slice of this, it's always connected or chained to a certain memory. So I wanted to keep my memories alive by making recipes attached to them. So... It is the moment of reminiscing the, um, you know, the, f- the food that's connected to um, certain memory. So this is my, my idea about it. Um, and I also wanted to make the recipe eternal. And by saying eternal, it's, um, I want to like, do it every now and then to um, remember someone very important in my life.
0: It's a very nice thought to go back and make a recipe to be able to think about somebody that you love. I love that idea. Now speaking of your mom, do you have some of her bakes that think thinks she makes for you that you
2: make now? Oh wow, um, she she baked a lot. I mean, one of one of my favorite recipes is the um, the orange cake, the orange cardamom cake. She used to. Um, she used to bake when I was a little kid with cardamom and pistachio, and it 's really good it 's really moist and I love it it 's one of my favorite. I always remember when we when we were together at our old house when the rooms are connected to the living room it 's such a very nice memory and i I really don 't know how to describe this so
1: I really find that your photography and your writing and the recipes they really do evoke a sense of space and time and a visual element, um, and a memory. And I love that. That's, it seems like that's what it does for you as well. And I'm wondering when you are baking certain dishes, are you, is there, is it like this one I always think about my dad or this one I always think about my mom or one of my siblings is there certain bakes for certain people? And I just, and also, I just really love the idea of the eternal bake. That's just a beautiful, beautiful term.
2: Yeah, certainly. I mean, um there are some of the dishes I really enjoy baking. It's um the date bars, which is always remind me of my father because he always asked me to um bake uh some for him. Sadly, my dad passed away um a year ago. So, every time I bake this dish, it's always um remind me of him, and I always um feel his presence in in our house. So, um So this is definitely one of my favorite dishes of all time.
0: That's something so very special. And we really appreciate you sharing that with us. And it's definitely a theme that we see that comes up with baking quite often. And I haven't heard this term eternal bake before, but I think that's such a special thing, something that a lot of bakers could possibly apply. I know I could apply that to some of the things that I like to make and just to be able to think about it as attached to a specific person and feeling close to them is it, 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 I think that that's just woven through everyone's baking. Don't you experience this too, Jeremiah?
1: Yeah. Right now I'm, I'm starting to go through the different dishes and things that I make with my family and that, that will become, you know, this is, yeah, I just haven't really, it hadn't crystallized in my mind until just now about how, Yes, obviously baking is about people and family, but now to really kind of think about it towards a certain no person. How, how, sorry, no, you're great.
2: Yeah. So, no matter how amazing the flavors are you using in your goods, but the flavors gonna just gonna like last in your mouth and in your palate, like for maybe would say two days, but memories will, will be there forever. So that's the idea of eternal baking. It always has to be attached to someone or chained to someone. It always has to be memorable.
1: And I love to, i thinking about now that story is going to get passed down to the next generation about these bars or the other bakes and who, who created them and the experiences that went around them. And that's exciting to think about those stories carrying forward, becoming, like you said, eternal.
0: Now, shifting gears a little bit, I don't think we've mentioned for our listeners yet exactly where you are. So, it's morning here in California, but where are you and what time is it? <laughs>
2: uh, I am in Dubai, but I'll be honest about it. Um, I mentioned and on my website, I'm Dubai, but... I'm kind of far away from Dubai. I'm in a small city called uh, Ajman City. People are not really familiar with it, but, you know, most of my work and most of the things I do is actually in Dubai. So that's why I always put Dubai, because I would say for maybe business reasons. And it's eight. No, wait, it's nine now. It's 9 p.m. Yep, it's 9 p.m.
0: So it's a total flip flop. I think Jeremiah said before when we were talking just before <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah.
2: Every time when I whenever I travel to US and like I and get back, it's like yeah, jet lag agony. So.
0: Okay, so from JM Bradle, it says I imagine the Middle East culture is so different than North America. What is the thought of baking and male bakers?
2: Oh, that's a very very smart question. I would say, because. This is one of the reasons I started the cinema because, you know, 10 years ago, when I discovered myself in baking, it's really hard for me to present myself to the community as a male baker because, you know, you're setting yourself as a target to be insulted and to be bullied because, you know, they think it's shameful for a man to be a baker. I know it's really weird. I know it's really strange. Um, uh, I'm, I'm actually like, I feel it's really, really... I don't know what to say about that, but so that's why I started the cinema. Been, you know, I all I just wrote my name, I, I didn't show my picture and um I started doing and I started expressing um myself and the recipes and the photography through the cinema. And I'm really grateful for it because you know, uh being away from from reality, I would say. Um, It's allowed me to, um, and it allows me to express more through uh, my blog, through the recipes and through the photography and through the stories. So, yeah, that's what they thought about it. But nowadays it's really different because I've seen a lot of male bakers out there start baking in front of audience in malls and in, um, in such food occasions, food festivals. So people are accepting it accepting the fact that there's actually male bakers, and especially in Gulf region, so for now it's totally fine and for me I'm really comfortable at my position like to be a food blogger is really really great and I'm really happy to be, um, to, be them, to be themselves and to be out there and uh, to share the joy with people and I'm talking about the new bakers keep it up
1: <laughs> so you're in the Middle East, which is full of such amazing flavors that we don't get exposed to very often here in America, unless you seek them out or you live in a certain part of the country. But we want to know what are your favorite Middle Eastern
2: flavors. That's a very, very tough question, Jeremiah. That's a there's very probably tough a lot, question. right? Oh, there's a lot. I mean, I don't know what to say. I think maybe probably cardamom, maybe saffron. Which is really weird because, you know, I know American people, they don't usually use saffron for dessert. Am I right?
0: I would say that's generally the case. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're right.
2: Yeah. And also, let me tell you about this. Um, the spices in Middle East are much much stronger than the one in US.
1: Like more potent.
2: So if you're gonna use, like, yeah, if you like, if there's a recipe and it says that use half teaspoon of cardamom. Then I know for me that I have to use a quarter teaspoon of cardamom because it's really the flavors here and the spices are really really strong, much much stronger than the one in US. Because when I was in Houston at Urban Urban Chef Kitchen and uh, when I st- Takes the spice. I'm like, that's really weird. They're, they're not really strong, and um, so yeah. Like we do have um, a spice market here. We do have a lot of spices market, and you should visit us really really soon because you're gonna be blown away with a lot of the flavors. And we do have here flavors that they're not really available in US. So I don't know what what should I say about that. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> no, of it it sounds like
0: a me. wonderland. Like we would oh. we would love that.
2: Yeah, spice land. <laughs>
0: Well, this is kind of along the same lines. So we have a listener question for you from Geograph, Geograph Baker, and they would like to know, what is your favorite unusual ingredient to use in baking? So maybe that's saffron for us, but is there something else that pops to mind?
2: I would say, well, maybe in India, it's not. It's not unusual, but I would say that. Last month, I tried a recipe by Nigella Lawson. It's a cumin seeds cake. And it's really strange because cumin, we use it usually on savory dishes and stews and rice and all of these dishes. So I tried the recipe because I felt really curious and I really need to taste the outcome of that cake. And I was really blown away by the taste, honestly. And even my grandmother loved it. So I would say, like, maybe cumin was, for me, was really unusual to use it in a cake. Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah. you Didn't you use a little bit of cumin when we were on the show, Amanda? Yeah, I,
0: I like to put cumin in chocolate cake sometimes, either with other things to make it truly spicy or sometimes just on its own, depending on you know, what kind of frosting I'm doing, it just adds that kind of earthy smokiness that I like with chocolate. So I'm a big fan of cumin, but it's definitely unusual. So I love this answer.
2: I'm into okay, it. you're gonna love this, Amanda, because when I was in London, I went to Violet's Bakery and they had a date. No, wait, it was Arabian dreams cake. So it's a date cake with cumin
1: oh and and
2: you know when i had it i was trying to figure out the 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 spice itself like what is it i mean i've had it before but not in dessert what is it i keep struggling and you know and this is a reason to have another slice of a cake
0: (laughs) (laughs) a very legitimate (laughs) reason yes exactly
2: (laughs) so then i figured out oh okay it's it's cumin and then I just wrote it down on my notes like if I'm going to make something in the future with dates, I'm probably gonna add some cumin.
0: Oh, I bet it's so great with dates. Oh, it's yeah, so delicious. that sounds amazing.
2: So this
1: all makes me think of experimenting with new flavors. And do you have advice for someone new to experimenting about how to go about using new flavors?
2: Okay, so for me, um whenever I travel, I always collect like a small menus from cafes. And I always write notes about the flavors I'm experiencing while traveling. You don't have to be afraid of anything. Just add a little bit of spice with any kind of dessert you like. And I would also recommend uh, The Flavor Bible. You have to read it. It's a really, really good book. Um, And there's another book called The Art of a Flavor, I guess. And... um, Yeah, it's it's really educating and it's really informative. Hmm. So for me, if if you're gonna think about a banana bread, maybe try to add like maybe a hint of cardamom, or maybe the next time add like saffron, or maybe maybe add like some um, star anise, or maybe add some ginger. So try experimenting every now and then with the spices and see where when I mean. I mean, it's really, really adventurous, I know, and some people some people they just um scared of experiencing and trying new things, but I think it's really really you know whenever you have like I really want to create recipes, so there is some chance that you be successful with the recipe and sometimes not
0: I like your advice at the very start of just. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's okay. I think playing with flavors is super fun. And one of the, the most, like adding spice is one of the most um, kind of forgiving ways to play with a bake too, because it's not most of the time going to mess with the chemistry. So I really, I like the, the idea of playing with spices. That's a great place to start. Um, we did have a question from a listener that kind of is along these lines. Something challenging to work with for a lot of people is rose water or orange blossom. And so J M Bradle asked, "Can you give us three tips?" I so love that she's specific. specific. She's like, "I don't want, I don't want one tip. I want three tips on using rose water or
2: orange blossom water." Well, okay, you got it. So <laughs> uh, number one, okay, number one, less is more
0: less is more yes Great and, that's, and
2: that's and that depends on the quality of rose water and the orange plasm you're using so before you use it just like try a little bit and see how strong it is for me i would say like one teaspoon or maybe like half teaspoon depends on how strong it is and um, see how it's gonna turn out but for me i think it's um the best way is when you try it by yourself And always add it, like, with the fruits. It's really, really good with the fruits. And, like, maybe orange blossom with the strawberry. I see a lot of people using rose water with strawberry. But I would say use orange blossom with the strawberry. And it's really, really good. Uh, Probably, um, I would say rose water with with zucchini. It's really good. Wow. I love this. And for you, try rose water with honey.
1: Oh gosh. Yes. Um, that's so interesting. And I don't know if it's the quality of the, the blossom waters that I have, but I always feel like I can use more orange blossom than I can use rose. Like that flavor is not as strong. The orange blossom is not as strong as rose. I don't know if, do you guys have the same experience?
0: I would agree. Yeah.
1: Great. Okay. Majed, what does creativity mean to you?
2: You know, it's, it's all about experiencing a new thing and new things, sorry, Uh, different flavors, different outcomes, and different results, and something that is going to outshine. And it's always about what is the, where do you get this? Um, I do have a lot of books. Like, I don't know, let me count. Uh, Probably over 500. Yeah, you would be surprised. Yeah, there's books everywhere. And every time when I look at it, and I just like flip through the books and see something really special and something that I have to, you know, merge it to some so like to some dessert that we have here in Middle East and, and bring something new. I always like you know think about adding Middle Eastern flavors to American dish or maybe Southern dish, Southern dishes. Sorry, I really have nothing to to say about that. But it's always, you know, when I when I like for me, I grew up in, in Gulf region, and we do have a lot of spices here, and we do have a lot of um, Middle Eastern foods here. And when you're exposed to a uh, Western dessert, you think like you add like, some sort of Middle Eastern soul or Middle Eastern hint to a Western dish and see how is the outcome is going to look like and how it's going to taste like. Then you just take it from there and try to improve it until you get the best result. That's the only thing I would say about the creativity.
0: I'm such a big fan of these mashups. Like I I love that. That's one of the things I do really love about your blog too is, is you get that you, you see a bake set for us are very approachable in format, but then these flavors and kind of the combinations make something so familiar feel exotic, which is really cool.
2: And I always, you know, um, it's, it's written as well on the flavor Bible. I know I just mentioned it for the second time. But there is something has to do with the aroma, and there is, has something to do with the taste and with the texture. So nuts, herbs, spice, acidity, sweetness, sourness. And, you know, try to bring, you know, the best of flavor you could by... It's, it's, it feels like I feel like I have like some sort of encyclopedia in my head. Okay, so we're going to use this nut. Okay, so we're going to use maybe... We're going to change a little bit. We're going to use this nut instead. And we're going to add this kind of herb. Or maybe let's, let's switch it to another herb. Okay, so what do we have? Like rosemary? Okay, let's add thyme. Okay, maybe let's try mint. And then that's how it works for me. I feel like it's like a, a brainstorm with myself brainstorming with myself when it comes to um, creating flavors.
0: That's a great way to describe it. So, okay. So that's about creativity, which I feel like as a baker, that's always been somewhat of a creative field, but now in the world of blogging and social media, photography, styling, all of that becomes really important. And it's something that you do so well. So we have a listener question about how did you get started uh, learning about photography? That's from N-N-O-R-H-A-N-T-A-R-E-K.
2: Um, so I took some advices from a friend. And then, is it okay to say the website or it's not?
0: Yeah. Because,
2: okay. So I learned um, the food photography from Andrew Scavani through um, uh, CreativeLive.com. So I learned some of the tips, and then I started to implement them on my photography. And then it's all about experiencing as well, and um, see where where it goes. But I always say it's not about the camera. It's all about the light. It's all about the surface. And it's always about the styling. I mean, people want to see, I mean, the pictures are really like look natural, so they could relate to it. Because, you know, just like I said to Jeremiah before, I mean, like a human touch. And um, so, yeah, it's all about, I mean, it's all about the practice. The practice, practice, practice. uh, Oh, sorry. Practice, practice, practice. I said said that so fast. Uh, And uh, that's it.
1: Now, you were giving me some awesome tips about shooting with their iPhone, but can you give our listeners some of your best iPhone photo tips?
2: Use natural light um, in a dark room. Uh, probably two sources of light next to a window, and then maybe you should like use maybe a good surface, uh, a background, and then shoot from a, I would like to call it a bird's eye. It's like you have, it's like shooting this from 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 top, and don't do close-up pictures. Just give the picture some space. So people could breathe when they see the pictures and they just, like, walk around with their eyes through the picture, around the picture as well. So this is my advice.
0: It's so interesting about using the natural light in the dark room. I've never... Well, you know what? Does uh, Rebecca Firth does that as well, right? So. This is something interesting. So anybody who's listening, make sure that you check out the cinnamon. So, you know, who we're speaking with, check out his, and then also check out Rebecca's because if that's a style that you kind of identify with, that's how they're achieving that, which is really very specific and very interesting to learn from. Cause I feel like it's unique to, to you guys, you know, maybe a few other people, but it's
2: not the approach that everyone takes. So that's refreshing.
1: It's super evocative, it's beautiful
2: There is always a secret And there is always something hidden behind Behind the crumbs On the surface And not perfectly sliced cake Or maybe dirty surface Or maybe like some flour on the surface Or maybe some um, Crumbs on your fork it's, it's a, You have to show that to people Because you know people, should, people They want to relate to things Because perfect pictures They actually don't exist they're not. They don't exist exist at all. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you haven't
1: been to my house yet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh. oh okay. <laughs> okay. I'm not gonna bring out the name. Sorry.
1: No, I'm teasing. It's funny though because you, you, I, you and I have talked about that, and I've tried to do more messy photos, and I have such a hard time getting the messiness to look natural and i look at him like oh, i can tell i placed the crumbs and so it's definitely a challenge for me but i i'm I'm having fun playing with what's not comfortable or in my comfort zone and i think i think that's a good thing to do once in a while
2: okay so i got the same thing for my friend's husband so she loves my photography and her husband why the surface is so dirty he has to clean it and (laughs) why there's like coffee drops on the surface he has to clean it why is it, it like makes I me mean, crazy? I know, and it's. I mean, like it's my style. I mean, I mean, when you slice a cake, definitely there is going to be some dirt on the table. So let's face it. I mean, no, I maybe love not seeing other people's well maybe, at, well, maybe not at your house. So <laughs> <laughs> I have little
1: crumb <laughs> fairies that come and take it away very quickly. No, I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> okay, this is special. So funny Only
1: in California Okay, so we really have to talk about the fact That you won a huge award this year Like, I mean, oh my gosh You are the winner of the Savor Blog Award And I think you won more than just one category Isn't that right? Yeah Okay, tell us the categories And then I want to know What was it like receiving that news?
2: So I apologize for not attending the ceremony Because I was, um... I was staying with my mom, and, and it's really hard for, him, for me to leave her by herself. So I had to apologize, and they just kept sending me emails that if I could attend or not, so I apologized. And then they, we had a call, and then they just announced that I won the baking and the sweet category for both editors and readers, and I'm like... I wasn't shocked because I've never thought that I would win an award. I don't know what, I don't know why is that because you know, somehow that there is, I don't know because sometimes I really don't believe in myself, which is really normal that um, people sometimes they don't believe in themselves because you know they always tend to be, I mean to improve themselves to be better. When I nominated, I I said to my friend, I think this is. This is it. I'm not gonna get the awards, and that's it. And she just kept kept telling me to, um, you need to start to believe in yourself. You need to, uh, you need to. You don't have to think about that. And, you know, it's all about that. So um, I got really emotional, and I feel like there is, you know, I I really can't describe it. But I just, you know, I I was really really happy. And then they said, you just won the blog of the year, and I literally jumped out of my chair. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I really couldn't believe it that day. So I was texting my friend, you know, I'll tell you what, I just won the sweet and bacon category. Like, I told you that. I told you. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not the story. I just won the blog of the year. I'm like, oh, my God. You're amazing! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it's I'm like the Oscars comment. of the
1: blog world, right?
2: <laughs> I know. I just missed the red carpet. <laughs> 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 but you know what? I couldn't sleep that night. Honestly, I couldn't sleep that night. So they asked me to record a video for like, um, so they could play it on the awards. Um, like I don't know what they call that—receiving videos or accepting. Accepting um, award, accepting video.
0: So very exciting! Well, big congratulations to you, and you absolutely should believe in yourself because what you do is so special and. Well-deserved win. We're very happy. I was thrilled. I kept kind of following along and seeing who was nominated and who was this. And, blah, 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 blah. and then when the announcements came out, I was just, I was right there cheering along way over here in so California well for you.
2: So yeah, I remember last year I was sitting with, um, you know, the idea of the awards. It was like, well, it was a dream. Honestly, I was a dreaming to win an award. Like, even one one award is, is enough for me. I mean, it's it's a dream. I think it's really a big achievement for me. And to prove myself that I just did the right thing by choosing this hobby, the baking hobby, and uh, baking field in general. I was sitting with a Brian Hart Hoffman last year. Not last year, it was like um, 2017 in December, and I told him, you know what, I think... I should nominate myself this year. And he said, you know, I think you should. You're going to do it. I'm like, okay, we'll do my best. And then I really, you know, it's um, it's such a great memory. It's such a great memory. So I've learned a lot through this experience. It's always about believing in yourself. You don't have to be perfect. It's all about the late nights. It's all about... Um, Learning, it's all about um, hard work, it's not about like sitting on like sitting by yourself and like wishing for things and not do and not doing anything. So if you believe in yourself and if you're looking for something better, then you better work hard.
1: And enjoy great the journey. Advice.
2: And enjoy the journey and enjoy the results as well.
1: Thank goodness we're bakers. <laughs> it's easy to enjoy.
2: It's all about ups <laughs> and downs. That's that's you know, it's not about you know, you have to do well every time.
0: Now, on your blog, this award-winning blog, you've shared so many recipes, so many gorgeous recipes. I've had a blast uh, scrolling through and reading the stories and looking at the recipes, but I was curious, are there any that jump out to you that you would like to implore our listeners to please make?
2: Hmm, that's really hard to choose. That's really, really hard to choose. Wow, there's a lot of recipes, you know, I really don't know what to say. But I think you should try. Um, okay, it's, it's going to be in summer, so... Try the Peach Frangipan with Saffron Honey Glaze on my blog. Galette. Or maybe you could Yum. make it... Yeah. It's really, really special because I love every single ingredient on this dessert. It's not about the story. It's about the flavors it's it's really i mean i could eat the whole thing so it doesn't really matter
1: it sounds delicious and i mean i've ear bookmarked earmarked uh, so many of your recipes to try and
2: and there oh is also gosh. the mammal cake
1: yes that one's top of my list
2: can you describe that one for us okay so actually it's a, a bun cake um filled with date paste spiced date cakes the story behind this is we usually make uh mamul. Well, it's a biscuit. It's a semolina biscuit uh, filled with date paste and uh, with Middle Eastern spices. So I decided to make it, I mean, or maybe like to serve it as a cake instead of cookie. I think it's, it's really, really different um, from any other things that I've ever made. Um... And it's really, really delicious.
1: I have a great food memory of when I started baking. I had my first baking book was a bu- book of really international bakes. And those cookies were in there. And they just really called to me. So I remember making them with my grandma and having all the the flour waters and the spices and the dates. And it was just a lot of fun. And I just thought it was so decadent and exotic to be playing with those flavors. So your cake definitely brings up that that kind of childhood memory for me
2: yeah i mean um there's a lot of food that and you know there is something you said um on one of the episodes about the portuguese dessert that you don't usually use fruits right right yeah it's it, it's it's kind of similar here in the middle east because we don't actually use the fruits in desserts
1: that's interesting isn't it
2: yeah because we usually like the main the main the main thing we use here lot just the spices and just butter or ghee or oil and flour, semolina flour. That's it.
1: And I'm sure in the Middle East, as in Portugal, there's amazing fruit that's being grown. And you're thinking, well, why didn't they decide to put that in a dessert? Exactly.
2: Because for me, I really prefer like fruits and dessert.
1: Me too. Me too. It's my total passion.
0: That's so interesting. So is the fruit mostly enjoyed just fresh, that kind of way, and and not so much cooked?
1: Correct. Correct. Yeah, there's a lot of...
0: Yeah. when i was in Good.
1: madeira they grow a lot of tropical fruits and amazing things and they're always making fruit salads and um they'll eat avocado and they'll just they'll just sprinkle some sugar in it and eat it out of out you know just eat it like that very plain um so yeah just a different way of 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 eating i think just it's more fresh and more if any people out there in Portugal want to correct me, please get in touch. But that was my experience. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's such a different way for me because, you know, growing up in the South and America, it's like we, we take all the ingredients fresh, no matter how healthy they are. And we add butter and sugar to them, you know, whether it could be fried or baked or whatever. So for us, it's, um, you know, th- like kind of the yeah, opposite. So, yeah, like a brown Betty maybe.
2: Or what else? Apple pie? Oh, imagine having apple. Crumble. Yeah, imagine pies, uh, cobblers. And, yeah. Cobblers are my favorite. <laughs> Crumble.
1: Well, now that we're sufficiently <laughs> hungry, we have, and I hate to say goodbye to you, but we need to ask you our final question, which I'm sure you know, is if you could bake for anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you bake?
2: I would say I would bake for my dad. Yeah, I would bake him his favorite date bars. I was hoping you'd yeah. say that.
1: <laughs> is there a recipe for those on your blog or is that something that...
2: Email me. <laughs> oh, VIP. Oh, <B-I-B. laughs> yeah, no, no, you know, some I'm
1: recipes so, you've got to keep for yourself. Yeah,
2: there's some recipe that I would like to keep for myself. And there's some other recipes that I really like to... Keep it for something special, which is I'm not gonna talk about it at the moment. So we're just gonna leave it there.
1: Yeah, we you and I talk about that because write, writing a book, you're wanting to share each time you you nail a recipe, and then but if you do, then you won't have a book. So you exactly,
2: to... I can Well, for dear listeners, yeah. I can't confirm and I can't deny. So, <laughs> but yeah, I yeah I'm actually planning <laughs> um, yeah to write a cookbook. Well. To be more specific, a bacon book, which is going to take a lot of a lot of time. So, yeah,
1: we can't wait to have signed copies.
0: We will we will be as patient as we possibly oh, maybe can. I could come yeah. to maybe <laughs>
2: LA to have, like to do a book tour or something.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. You've got to.
0: It seems like an obvious stop to me. So come
2: yeah, on. we have no excuse. <laughs> I just came all the way from Dubai to you. So
0: there you go.
1: Well, thank you so much.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate your time and, and such honest and, and heartfelt answers. It's a treat for us. Thank
2: you. Thank you so
1: much. Be sure to subscribe to Flower Hour on iTunes or SoundCloud. And if you're enjoying your time with us, leave us a review. We'd appreciate it.